Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. I know way too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. With me, as always, is my co-host, the voice of the people, the skeptic, the little devil upon my shoulder, Kristen Studdard. Hi, Kristen. Hello, Joe. I mean, we what is this, four weeks in this a row it. in person? It's real. We're back. It's uh, we're back in so many ways. We're back in person <laughs> We're I think we're hitting a lot of our classic guests. We're mm-hmm. hitting classic themes. Uh, we're really back in the swing. It feels good. Yeah. The, this, the rock hall season is upon us. It is alive and well. Uh, and like you said, classic, classic guests. guests. I'm calling you a classic. Oh, guest. I, would say I was so. hoping I'd be. <laughs> Part of it. I didn't want to uh, presume. But no, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, because during the pandemic, we we shifted with the Zoom. It was like, oh, we can talk to a lot of people who don't live in Los Angeles. We're not kind of tied to just the, the folks who can come over. But Isn't it silly that I had the same thing with my podcast and it's and it's like, why didn't we know that was a possibility before? Yeah. It took a horrible pandemic to realize <laughs> people from New York have microphones. Well, too. and also for people to learn it's for Zoom to become a, a verb. For people yes, under, yeah. to understand what it, for it to become a different kind of verb, I guess. Right, sure. yeah. No, we had <laughs> film camera zooms before yeah. that. But um, no, it's, it's true. It's kind of like if you wanted to talk to somebody from New York uh, on your podcast, you would maybe have to walk them through getting some software. You know, like right. if they didn't mm-hmm. like some, you could do it on Skype, I guess, or you could do it. But now yeah. that we all have the, the common language of Zoom, at any rate, what what... Kristen is kind of getting at and what is exciting uh, for me as well is to go back to the in-person record, which has uh, its appeal and a different vibe. I think a much more fun vibe to actually be in a room and talking to people. And Listeners, why don't we just- sound off. Do you agree? Uh, and yeah, speaking of our classic guests, we've already heard him. Uh, Joe's about to introduce him with a pre-prepared. I was like about to be like from podcast, the ride you could from you Jersey Mike's. Uh, no. <laughs> That's a reference for people who were in. Uh, That's an if you know, you know, only reference. The audience for that one show. I <laughs> yes, did. Nerd, melt. nerd uh-huh. melts. Yeah. Um, I did a, yeah. Yeah. But no, no, no. We're, we're happy to have you. You are one of the hosts of podcast, the ride. Uh, and you've been on the show a few times, and we're happy to have you back. Scott Gardner, welcome hey, back. Hey, oh, geez, so happy to be back. I'm happy there is a podcast to come back to. Mm-hmm. I, because I, we, I, there was a minute where I was going to come on, but then scheduling was bad for me, and then 
Then suddenly I see the episode, we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. And then almost as suddenly, it's there's just other episodes in my feed mm-hmm. that are since then. That was a really quick uh, U-turn. We I, like if to I may, to, to borrow parlance, not parlance, but from your show, a roller coaster. Hey, hey. yeah, yeah. One that would uh, uh, that, that would uh, break necks, I guess. An unsafe roller coaster. Yeah, yeah watch out. Immediate swing around. How long was our pause? It was not long. It was it two months? Six, yeah, six weeks maybe, okay. something like that. That <laughs> was more, right. more than It really I was like an extended holiday break yes. more than anything else. But uh, During which, you're, you're correct, not anything was going to be going on with the rock yeah. hall. So yes, absolutely. There was ever a time to... Podcast, it's weird that we, everybody has decided, well, the, the schedule for podcasts is... All the Never time, ending. always. Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, wait, if, if the standard had been set differently years ago, and it's up to all of us, I guess, to do I things like that, you did and mm-hmm. do a little hiatus. I like shows that do seasons, too, when they have, like, themes, you know. that I've, I've like some shows, but shows that kind of have a never-ending content factory like ours. And that's the standard. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. We're all failures if we don't. Frauds if we don't. So uh, away we go. More Lord. episodes and more yeah. episodes we go. And what, what we're doing today is like p- part of why I, I wanted to stop was I was like, <laughs> I don't want to. I like just giving myself so much work to do. It's like the return on that. And I was like, well, this will be like a, a relatively mellow. I did a lot of research for this episode, I, I guess. OK, OK. Is what I'm getting at. Uh, but before we get to that, uh Scott, how familiar are you with the new ballot? The ballot just dropped recently. Uh, I am because I listened to your episode about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess another version of this could have been that I walked in knowing nothing. But I I got curious. I wanted to know. That's good. Uh, I couldn't recite it from from memory. Let me see if I I can remember anybody. Hold on. I'm going to try and remember them right now. Okay. 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 So it's Kate Bush, Mm -hmm. Sheryl Crow. Mm -hmm. Iron Maiden, mm-hmm. George Michael. I remember the top row of the draft. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, George Michael. Um, who else did uh, Jimmy get? Uh, who else did I get? Oh, Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, oh, Tribe is back. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, who else is in? Oh, White Stripes. Correct. Yeah. Um, then there are uh, Scott. You can chime in if you feel like. Yeah, if you. Uh, you get uh, spinners was mm-hmm. in there. Spinners, correct. Yes. Uh, Joy Division slash Joy Division New Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is your invention? Was the slight you yeah. caused I don't, I don't, the Joe did it. slash? I don't think so. I, but I will accept. <laughs> uh, I think to me it is a no brainer, and a lot of people online, not a lot, but some people have been very like oh, that doesn't make any sense, and it like makes the most sense in the world anyway. Soundgarden. Rage yes. Against the Machine. Good. Soundgarden slash Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the uh, yeah, slippery for, for slash some slope. Purposes. Uh, <laughs> you so start sound- slashing everybody oh, now. Of slippery slopes. Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. And then, are there like one more? There's two more. Two more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Both new to the ballot. New to. Oh, the- Missy Elliott. I we said that. Missy. Oh, you said that. Shoot. Um. Uh. We have someone who was drafted, and then someone who was not drafted. Um. Both stand. Oh, Warren Zevon. That's good. Yes. Yeah. And then was that the person who was not drafted this year? Or did, Correct. And, and then, then are we Jimmy, really dissing this Jimmy, uh, final? Picked up oh, it was Cindy Lauper. Very good. Oh, there it is. Right. That's it. I forgot uh-huh. about Cindy. Y'all got it. Now, we, we do this with every episode during ballot season, so to speak. Scott, what if you had your own ballot? 
Ooh. Which five would you choose? Oh, oh, great. Let's see. Um, okay, I'm going Tribe Called Quest. Very good. I'm going Kate Bush. Been very enthusiastic about Kate Bush recently. Uh, Missy Elliott seems like a lot of fun. Got that, it. That's that's a cool choice. Um, you know, I'm a late. I, like, uh, uh, you know, what's crept up on me in the last few years is how much I like a lot of Wham. Oh, uh, okay, I'm throwing oh, yeah. in George Michael for that reason. I was thinking how I'm not like I just I didn't grow up with like I think you called it the jeans era. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I that just wasn't my my stuff really. But then lately, just realized how much like like the the there, I think a lot of them are hits, but like the, the Wham songs besides the three biggest ones, there's a bunch of great ones. Club Tropicana is a jam. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I feel like I don't called like a baby. Anyway, I just I like all those. Like a um, baby. Like a baby is like a real just slow ambient grind of a song where nobody starts singing till like a minute forty five in. Oh wow! That is a cool song. Wham is like weirder than you think. So for Wham, mostly, I'm going George Michael. Uh, so oh. far, you have matched the ballot that I would do. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Geez. Uh, I wonder if I depart with one. <sighs> I guess I go white stripes, even though it makes me feel old that the white stripes. <laughs> Did you guys, do you have the same reaction? They like, that? how can that possibly be true? That yeah, is they're a eligible. surprising one. But, you know, I mean... It, it doesn't feel, it doesn't make me feel that. I'm like, you know, Radiohead is in. It's just like a mm. lot of the bands that were cool and big. They are the first definitively 2000s band yes. to be on a ballot. Where, I mean, right, obviously yeah. Radiohead had made a lot of great work in the 2000s, but they also had a number yeah, of important releases I consider them a late 90s, the 90s kind of, you know, yeah. a break breakout. I think nationally we don't know about White Stripes so much till 2002 or so. Yeah. So that seems, mm-hmm. because that's what makes it seem, because that, that they, so they feel like a 20-year-old band more than a, a 25-year-old. Exactly. Yeah, but they, right. But they had kind of lesser known records. They were uh, kicking around in Detroit making stuff that didn't, yeah, hit until that kind of explosion in the early 2000s. Now, here's what I will, here's where your ballot diver, diverges from Joe's because I guarantee you his fifth slot would be Joy Division New Order. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That is yeah. sure, not going to sure. be White Stripes uh, mm-hmm. for, for him. But I also, man, I agree. I hadn't, <laughs> it's going to come as a shock to no one. I, I hadn't haven't thought, thought about, about it. it. <laughs> um, and I mean, I, I, I feel very similarly. I, there's nothing that you said that I was like, no. Um, I mean, I absolutely, George Michael, Missy Elliott are two that have got to get my votes. Those two are just the ones that I absolutely want. And then I think I would love it if Kate Bush just man, made it in this year. So I guess I would give one to her. And then, yeah, Tribe. And then... The fifth is a Joy tough... Division New Order, I guess. Yeah, I would I would probably do Joe's ballot over White Stripes, even though I just think White Stripes are going to get in. They don't need my help mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I, I maybe I would match it, except that's a little bit of a blank spot for me. I, I don't know why I'm not uh, super versed in Joy Division or New Order, and I should be. I, I'd... Uh, anyone tell me where to start... Uh, 
Unknown yeah. Pleasures is the album. Honestly, in my opinion, if you don't know them, I think New Order is an easier ramp yeah. into them. Oh. And then you get into Joy Division later. Because I'm sure you've heard Blue Monday. Yeah, yeah. And maybe even Bizarre Triangle and Age, yeah. of, Age of Consent. And like uh-huh. some of those New Order songs, I think, are very accessible pop dance songs. Mm-hmm. And then from there you get into the more... Then you meet their moodier younger brother. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Quite, that's exactly You're it. like, oh wow. Oh, this guy's fun. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Resembles the brother. Uh-huh. Okay, a little weirder though. Alright, alright. Well, some of those genes I like. Um, is is uh, uh, Tears for Fears in or would they ever be in? I in, drafted. I wanted to draft them this them. year. I okay. really wanted to draft them and as River drafted them. Didn't no, no one no one drafted them. Oh. But I think you tried to pull them as a wild card and they were oh, on. Oh yeah, they were on River's list. That's yeah, what it was. Against the rules. But Tears for Fears, I think will it will they're in a uh, reevaluation period in the sense of like I think at the time they were not considered anything of substance, but their songs have outlasted a lot of the work from their peers. And so I think there is, I don't think we're quite there yet. I think what we need is a Donnie Darko revival <laughs> to help Let's bring that uh, into Richard Kelly back, uh, uh, <laughs> making more movies. Uh, but yeah, Tears for Fears is interesting. And we've talked to some like, those remember, songs are so, I mean, I like them so much. I yeah. like They've so got a many handful of, their of songs. You still hear a lot, which, you know, like I said, their peers, you can't necessarily say that for, for some of those other artists. And I know we've talked to, when we talked to Bob Merlis last year, when we were just kind of talking about the ballot and stuff out of nowhere, he was like, what's going on with tears for fears? Cause oh, he's like I, a guy who's, you know, been in the music business for decades. And to him, he was like, something happened here that was not going on at the time. Something happened and now I'm head over heels? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, what is it about that? Like, I, I guess, I know what you mean. I Maybe there was maybe a time where I thought of them as a super 80s band, but some of those songs, do they just like, they feel more there's, timeless. There's a feel, it, and it's, it's because they're emotional. Like, mm-hmm. they're not just um, kind of dancey pop songs. There is like a, um, there is an emotional core to them that I think isn't necessarily present in all of the music that we lump them in with. Yeah, like, I draw the line, I, I don't want to be uh, mean, I guess, to this bit, but like, uh, you know, like like Frankie goes to Hollywood seems like a like in the '80s stays in the '80s, yeah, yes. and, and no, totally. nothing wrong with it. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, like I don't this know. This is also they, they the man who did our Toto episode. Yeah, for yeah. people who might uh, <laughs> no side. No, well, I'm unhappy. It's another year with no Toto. Yeah, so I'm not feeling great. Did we talk the last time I was on about how Steve Lukather got mad about? The episode. Oh uh, my when he, goodness! He, no, he got mad on Twitter. He found out about the, what? So Steve Lukather of Toto. Toto. Okay. Yeah. And oh yeah. Well, obviously. Com- oh, you mean Steve Lukather? Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you say that, but like Steve Lukather has some of the most iconic uh, guitar parts. Like uh, he's beat in, it. He's everything beat it. on beat it. Oh besides, wow. Outside okay. of the solo. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, somehow he he found. I think because our. Uh, network Pantheon tagged him and he I don't I don't know if he listened or he just saw uh, Toto Rock Hall convo and immediately was surly about it I'm, I'm not entirely but did he sure. have to listen for the determination that they would not make it in that's that's my <laughs> right. question yeah like maybe exactly. he had to to know that which in that case that he heard that entire Episode. I was the one defending him and super into Toto, and I even I feel mortified by 
I mean, uh, just for just for, you know, due to like not having expertise or. I mean, anything. you could put Luke there in, in his own little side category. In the, in the Percaros and like in. all that's those what guys. I would love. I think that's maybe the way. I would be very happy as a fan of all that you for them to get into break the break them up and sell them way. for parts. That's what you got to do. <laughs> they should be. I think, given like the sheer volume of hit records where you see the name Lukather or Page or Percaro, mm-hmm. that's really why they transcend to meet like you know like a foreigner like a people might think Toto and Foreigner is similar, but Foreigner does not play on 700 right. hit songs. Yeah, you know? the drummer of Foreigner was not on Steely Dan records. Yeah, that's you know the, what I mean? Well, that's the so thing. Yeah, yeah. When he was like 19, yeah. he was so young playing on like the best one, the early ones. Really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's uh, let's get into the kind of focus of today's episode, which is we have the ballot just came out last week. I would like to draw as many lines connecting these connecting these artists as possible. So we've got 14 okay, so this is our murder board episode. Yes, this okay. is where I'm going to pull down the the board, I'm going to bring out the string and the pins and you guys are going to watch in uh horror okay. as I But <laughs> it does I makes sense. I think it's it's fun as we kind of get into talking about these nominees to try and see you know, the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can get to the bottom of, of some real stuff. Um, and there's some artists that have uh, very meaningful connections and some less meaningful. And no one here has a connection to Warren Zevon. I'll just say that up front. <laughs> wow. I got not a meaningful so one. So maybe he's Zodiac Killer. Yeah, that might put him <laughs> at the top of the suspect list. Uh, but no, it's just about everybody else. I was able to make some connections except for Warren. So Is he not even... I, I also... I know very little about Warren Zevon. Does he have like... Do like the big session guys play on those albums? Is there any crossover with, or does he just, was he sort of an island in general? No, no, no. He was definitely part of that kind of Jackson Brown, Linda Ronstadt, even like the Eagles like scene to some oh, degree. Okay. He did a lot of stuff with Jackson Brown. Um, Linda Ronstadt covered Poor, Poor, Pitiful Me, and maybe some other songs. I mean, Linda Ronstadt was like the queen of. Hey, singer songwriter who's not doing well, let me sing your song and then make you famous. Wow, uh, and she did, cool. and she did it for the Eagles. She did that for a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, he was kind of in that group gotcha. of folks. Okay, okay. So there are we did a Zevon episode way back in the days of when Scott this was coming was, around yeah, to that place of Eagle like Rock. Eagle Rock days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that also shows you something with this ballot: the fact that Warren Zevon has no connections because he would have on other what an absolutely wide open lane he is in as far as like all those classic rock kind of guys that vote you know it's like i'm a white man and i vote like it's very like i'm a i'm a middle-aged and older Mm -hmm. i'm a boomer everything in that i liked 50 years yeah. ago, every like, single band. But I mean, like, if there was ever time, and I mean, Warren Zevon is, like, kind of a strange choice to be, like, the the lock for the boomer vote, you know? I mean, that is a, wow, have mm-hmm. we moved on, considering yeah. that, you know? And it's a, it's a fun one, because he wasn't someone who was necessarily yeah. playing the game or, or making, you know, people in the press happy, or, you know, he was, uh, to some degree, uh, you know, marching to the beat of his own drum. Well, and I mean, at the same time, that's kind of like why uh, it would be cool if he got, I'm not like 
I'm not anti Zevon no, or anything. It would cool. not bum me out if you got in. The only bummer is just that there's like a lot of living artists mm-hmm. that are on this ballot. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh, if he wasn't super, like a super, um, I don't want to say industry guy, but you know, if he didn't like play the game necessarily and this wouldn't have ne- have been like, his biggest dream was to see his name on the rock and roll hall of fame plaque. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't that. So maybe somebody who's alive and might, you know, enjoy it a little more. Again, uh, we started this conversation off with me saying, we're not going to talk about Warren Zevon. So (laughs) (laughs) we thought he was on his own. I want to, I want to start with, with something, uh, kind of fun. Last year we had two bond songs, uh, in the eventual class, because we in two of the best Bond songs, we had View to a Kill from Duran Duran, and, and we had Carly Nobody, Simon? Nobody Does It Better yeah. by Carly Simon, yeah. considered by a lot of people two of the best That's Bond songs. That's a Bond song? Yeah, it's the, the Spy You Love Me. That might exist on its own more than any other Bond song, even yeah. maybe more than... I did not think of that as a Bond song at all. Yeah. Live and Let Die is a big one, but you know it's a Bond song. Because it's yeah, the, name, it's the, the name of the film. Yeah. Nobody Does It Better. I heard someone destroy that at karaoke like a few weeks ago wow. and I thought that's one I should consider adding to my list you keep you yeah. keep those ears open the spy who loved me is one oh, of the lyrics that's what it is oh. it's sneak it's snuck in there this year we have three of Towards the bottom of your, when you see your ranked <laughs> lists of, of Bond songs. Oh, what are the, okay. Ones that people aren't too crazy about. Uh, 1997, Tomorrow Never Dies, Cheryl Crow. I feel like for people like that's kind of a she that's just not really her when you she's going up against the Shirley Bassies and the people who like belts like the phenomenal voices which isn't really the the vibe of it's not even what Cheryl Crow bills herself as right she's more in the Carly Simon vein uh, yeah yeah and I believe you know this song it's angle is much different I think it's it's Whereas Nobody Does It Better, obviously, is like, hell yeah, my man. Tomorrow, her lyrics of Tomorrow Never Dies are a little bit more like, all right, I this don't know is, about you. This is not a good guy to be a woman around. But of, of the three Bond songs we have from this ballot, that is probably, I mean, the next two. So in 2006, Casino Royale, the first Daniel Craig, mm-hmm. uh, we have a song called You Know My Name by Chris Cornell. Runs through my veins, you know my name. God, I cannot summon any memory of that song. Yeah. Wow. Mm. And it's uh, Audio Slave era, Chris Cornell, uh, well well past the, the Soundgarden era. Mm. But th- what takes the cake, and I think, and I was looking at the ranking, you know, people will rank the Bond songs on you know websites or whatever, consistently at the bottom <laughs> is the song from Quantum of Solace, 2008, which is, uh, it's called Another Way to Die, and it's a duet between Alicia Keys and Jack White. I was just going to say, I thought there was like a, I figured there would be a White Stripes one, but Jack White and Alicia Keys, Another Way to Die? Mm-hmm. Bond movies also <laughs> just sound, you're just like from Quantum of Sil- like Quantum of Solace, like what? 
I like, might the, like be just the, the spy who wouldn't die. They're yeah. just like <laughs> rearranging the five words yeah. that are around. <laughs> what? I mean, I do remember Casino Royale. I remember that movie. That makes sense. I think I get it. Yeah. The Quantum of Solace. I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's saying like any uh, amount of quietude will be in a microscopic form. Oh yeah, you'll just get a little. Bit. But it's like a reach. Um, I feel like I kind of like that song though. Am I crazy? Uh, is, is, it, is it bad? Um, I mean, it's them like. If I ever thought of two less complimentary styles of Jack White and Alicia Keys, yeah, it's weird. Uh, it could work, but it, uh, they like they sing at the same time, which is kind of strange and not mm. in harmony. What? I don't hate it. Interesting. I mean, it just sounds like a White Stripes song. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like got that kind of, it's got more horns on it than a regular White Stripes song, but it just, it it sounds like a Jack White song with Alicia Keys on it. It Uh, sounds. Unrelatedly. Yeah. (laughs) And it sounds like. Kind of incidentally. And it sounds like if you like that, if you like Jack White, that song is just, it's another one of those ones. But it's another way to die. Another for way to die. Jack White fans because they nobody liked it. I mean, really? at the time and and still, like when I see the when I see the way people feel about this, uh, I don't think it's good. But I also, you know, I, I that's not like my favorite type of music. In my head, that <laughs> Bond songs, <laughs> Bond songs in general. Uh, <laughs> um, I if you if that's all someone liked, that's the only <laughs> music I listened. So they only get a new song yeah. to listen to every three years <laughs> or so. In my head, that Madonna one is kind of worse. Am I, uh, oh sure, gosh! Die another day, right? It's and Again, it's these funny, words. Like, trying to remember. It just feels like <laughs> yeah, you're trying exactly. To make die up. another day. Die another no, day. No another way to die. die. God, it, Tomorrow yeah. never dies. Tomorrow never dies. It's I... all yeah, meaningless. <laughs> they don't mean anything. The time for another spy to die. <laughs> I mean, write it. Get that. Get that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> get my I'm foot like, on the door. I'm like, don't come for Madonna and her Austin Powers song though, because that's oh, a certainly good one. not. No, no. That might maybe it's the best Austin Powers. Yeah. Song <laughs> could be. It's only like three Beautiful to choose stranger. from. Wait, no, I don't know if I like that more than Austin Powers' own song with his band Ming T. Featuring uh, Susanna Offs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Matthew Sweet, right. I think too. Mm-hmm. Good lineup of people on that. That band might have predated the movie, which is why Jay Roach directed because oh. he's with Susanna. Anyway, oh weird. Let's let's go through. I've chronologically laid out from here the connections that I've found. And we start in 1979 with a movie called Time After Time, hmm. which is... Who's this guy? <laughs> it might surprise you. Oh. Um, this movie stars Malcolm McDowell and Mary Steenburgen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would go on to marry after oh. after this they film. Yeah, okay, this is pre-dancing days. They ha- yes. <laughs> oh, that's... Yeah, that's why I don't... Uh, right, because they're I, such a famous Hollywood couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, and they have a son who's like a director now. Um, How did that happen? <laughs> I can't believe that. Um, so this movie would actually inspire two songs from nominated artists. Obviously, the Cyndi Lauper song. Apparently, she was working on Time After Time and saw that the movie was playing in the TV guide and just used it as a placeholder and then got too deep into the song was like, I can't, it's like too much a part of the fabric of the song. The phrase time after time, there's no way I can like pluck new words and put in there. But more, uh, 
more uh, obscurely. Wait, so I'm sorry. She named her song after this movie that had already come out? And was just, she just saw it in the TV guide. Okay. So like this song wasn't like the marquee song from that movie or anything. It didn't play in the credits. Or no, no, no. This, okay. this was a good four years later. Great. But then Iron Maiden released a studio out, al- their sixth studio album Somewhere in Time in 1986 featuring an, uh, an opening track called Caught Somewhere in Time, which allegedly was inspired by the movie. What's the movie about? Uh, it's it's like I think it's a fictional story about H.G. Wells, like uh, then oh. going he himself, the guy who wrote the Time Machine for real, a story about him going back in time. Okay, because I was like, what did Iron Maiden write their song? But that does sound like something they've got. Like you know, they like to weave a yeah, a tale. they weave a tale. They've got Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons fans, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah, and they like history. They like yeah, to refer exactly. to this, that um, feels correct. Literature, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, science fiction, no doubt. So that movie spawns. Two songs from nominated artists. I'm working on a, a concept album based on In Time, the movie with, with Justin, Justin Timberlake, Timberlake where, <laughs> oh. Seyfried, where time is money, where time literally oh, is money. Yeah. That's one of the songs, Time is Money. I have only seen the like Netflix, you know, description of that movie. <laughs> it's uh, so crazy. <laughs> really, really I think I might like it though. That's like, that's the type of movie I like, like a stupid science fiction movie where it's like, the, the you dystopia know, dystopia has dystopian. Some yeah, let's go. Crazy rules about like, what is money now? <laughs> yeah. What's that one with, um, I'm Blunt and uh, um, Tom Cruise. Oh, that, that Live, Die, Repeat. Great. That one. Uh, was, oh, right. Uh, um, they've renamed it Live, Die, Repeat. But and it, was then it was originally called, called um, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge, Edge of Tomorrow, Tomorrow. Which yeah. could be a Bond Exactly. Movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. James Bond. I, I was like, well, it's called Tomorrow Never Dies, of It course. could be Lived, and then Live, Die, Repeat would be the tagline for that movie, too. Wow. Oh, wow. Edge of Tomorrow. Um, so I found a British panel show from May of 1984. <laughs> it's called Eight Days a Week. Joe, what's funny is like no one would be like, this was incomplete. Joe missed the British <laughs> panel show. You do this to yourself. Yes, no, absolutely. <laughs> okay. um, in my head, there's someone who's like, you have to get, you have to cover all the bases. But on the panel show was uh, Morrissey and George Michael, which is an interesting pair, especially for 1984. Oh. Morrissey's very uh, morose and George Michael is in like peak wham era with like the feathered hair. It's really like dark and light. Yeah, these the are like panel. two British guys that just couldn't be involved in more different scenes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they there's a new book. This is New Order Joy Division. <laughs> there's, a, well, there's a new book about Joy Division, which is what they talk about. Whoa. And so Joy Division comes up, so you get uh, their um, opinions about Joy Division not long after Ian Curtis's death. And I think it's a British thing, especially at that time, but like they're extremely candid. And most, a lot of the panel are not, they're like, well, Joy Division people like them because Ian Curtis died. And it's, I I was surprised to see them talk so uh, candidly. But George Michael is like the only one who stands up for Joy Division. 
Uh, and they're the even the host is like, I'm sure you don't like Joy Division either. And he's like, <laughs> actually, uh, I think they're great. They're one of my favorites. And clo- the their album Closer is one of my favorite albums. Well, and, you know, George Michael was much deeper than people gave him credit for, especially at that time. Yes. You yes, know, <laughs> they're yes. like, you're just a big bubblegum idiot. In, you in know, pastel colors. Yeah. The shirt that says choose life on yeah. it. <laughs> they don't really think that he's uh a particularly deep guy, but I, I thought this was an interesting little like soundbite to have George Michael on the record defending Joy Division f- from Morrissey and the other people on the panel. Wow, weird, huh? Yeah, you think God, they seem like completely different musical ecosystems. That's so odd, though, that that was to be like, well, I'm sure you don't like well, it. Mm-hmm. Why would he be look sure? At, like George Michael's like later songwriting and stuff, like you can feel some of that, like dare I say a little bit of pain, you know, mm-hmm. and like he was pretty like a candid songwriter in some ways about like, you know, uh, the industry and, and personal stuff. And I don't know. I, that, it, it makes tracks. a little it, like, like in hindsight, it makes sense. I'm sure at the time that was the vibe yeah. on the set of eight days a week. <laughs> um, let's, uh, wait, we, is that's the name of the show? The panel show, eight days a week. Yeah, these British chat panel shows are so funny, man. Yeah, it was. It's very. It was a very fun, and you can find it on on YouTube. And maybe if people remind me, I'll clip out the that segment and put it on Twitter. But it's like, uh, yeah, it's just a fun little little document. Um, we've barely got through the list, but why don't we uh, take a break? <laughs> <laughs> and then when we come back, we'll we'll really tackle this thing. So don't go anywhere. <laughs> Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break, you tweeted at me and said, please uh, cut out that thing from eight days a week. Otherwise, I'm not going to remember to do it. I rely on you, people. The audience has to. They have, you know, uh, 
they have to have already done it. They can't do it now. They had to do it over the break. <laughs> Only right then? The, yeah, it's like I'm with sorry. Like, the, like the, the call now in the TV infomercial. Mm-hmm. It doesn't count. <laughs> if what if I'm, what, how do you know when I'm seeing this? Those phones <laughs> shut off when that commercial is done airing in whatever region it's airing. That's how it works. Okay, let's go to March 1985. A little group called USA for Africa. Oh, okay. yeah. Does We Are the World. And can you guys pull the two artists from this Cindy ballad? Cindy Lauper? Yes, oh, Cindy right. Lauper has like a very recognizable verse. But there is one artist on here that comes before, about a minute. Is before. it Willie Nelson? It's Willie Nelson. Yeah, I'm gonna get that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, you you need to brush up on your your USA (laughs) for Africa, Scott. Really embarrassing yourself out here. uh, Huey uh, Huey Lewis. Does Huey Lewis ever get in? Just for sake of longevity. I mean, it's not like you know. You don't think of Huey Lewis being having like a lot of uh, musical uh, grit depth, but couldn't you see that happening? uh, There could be a there could be a Huey Lewis reevaluation. To me, it's you got to reboot back in the future. Re- <laughs> <laughs> no, if, oh, if that's what it takes, if that's what it takes. Never, it, no, um, uh, that's I the could, one I, that they won't do. I think I could argue both sides. You know, yeah, I, I would feel the same. Probably say not likely, but you know, not likely, but not, but not impossible. Not out of the question. So you're and saying th- there's a chance. I think about the uh, you know the new chairman of the Rock Hall. It had been Jan Wenner. It's now an MTV guy, like an old MTV guy. And okay. so I feel like, especially we saw last year, like Duran Duran, Eurythmics, uh, you know, we saw kind of getting into that era that Huey Lewis was such a big part of. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard with like so many critics on the nominating committee, I think, who have a chip on their shoulder about Mr. Lewis and his news. Oh, yeah. Not a critic favorite. No, but it's like... But Bon Jovi is in, and like, you know, (laughs) stranger things have happened. (laughs) I mean, I think it's not dissimilar to the Tears for Fears conversation where it's like, you still hear those Huey Lewis songs, yeah. and you, and you hear a I'm lot of them. But I'm going to just say, head over heels versus hip to be square, you're not... No contest. It's going to hit. It's going to hit to be square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, or even I like, like every- it to be square too. But there's not a lot of uh, depth to it. Maybe. Like everybody wants to rule the world. It's like yeah, there's yeah. The, the higher peaks. Those but incredible, both of them. At Those any, songs are so good. At yeah. any rate, let's go to March of 1993. So we're we're breezing past the 80s and going to the the 90s. Willie Nelson releases his 40th studio album. Good he God. has he has so many albums. It's really funny. This album's called Across the Borderline, uh, and on it. He does Madonna's borderline. He does a duet with Sinead O'Connor and it's a cover of the classic Peter Gabriel, Kate Bush duet. Oh, don't give up. up. Now that is a song that was not begging to be remade. I mean, like, they certainly did something new with it. They yeah. really they countrified did. it. They Ooh. sure, they deep certainly fried did. They deep fried <laughs> it and countrified it. But I guess like that song to me is like two kind of auteur, yes. <laughs> you know, strange people who can kind of get away with having a 
rhythmless uh, kind of yeah, expression expansive of, yeah. song like that. And when you try to kind of like put a little, I, I enjoyed the Sinead vocals on that. And like, she's, she's someone good. who I would love to hear cover more Kate Bush, actually. Like, mm-hmm. I think they oh, yeah. kind of have a, I could just see them kind of having similar, you know, interpretive powers not that they would interpret them the same but like that that's someone i'd be interested in hearing their interpretation that was that's that is very strange i i have a question please was um sinead was she a hot potato yet like were people afraid to uh work with her or put her on tv at this point that's post uh desnl it's gotta be so that's actually that's that's something for willie to be out here giving work to those who yeah with her because yeah the snl was late 92 and this is early 93 possibly they already recorded it Mm -hmm. um that i i can't confirm but you know i mean there's there's a version of an artist pulling that song from from the album like that's i could see yeah. a a more kind of reactionary artist doing that in particular you know from like more like a conservative uh, like country music fans tend to be a more conservative not to generalize but i, I don't think that that is a controversial statement mm-hmm. yeah uh, maybe the people to be mad at you be uh, tearing up a picture of the Pope, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Uh, Unless our country fans are not Catholic. No, they probably <laughs> yeah. still like the Pope, though. Even if and there's, there's uh, maybe a, just fans of organized religion in general, yeah, 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 Christian yeah. ones, mm-hmm. um, and like nice robes and hats. They they don't like that a picture of nice robes <laughs> and hats of yeah. a, dre- a well dressed man. Up. I don't no matter who's wearing it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's like maybe an interesting part, like that he would choose to collaborate with her if she was kind of a political hot potato. At the point yeah it seems like uh this album was recorded o- over that period from august to, to december 92 so like I could am, have been before could have been after uh-huh. i am really looking forward to doing a willie nelson episode and just really talking for nine really hours learning <laughs> well i'm like there's got to be a lot of music you yeah. have to send me a playlist beforehand so i could be like brought up to speed because uh yeah i yeah, will I don't say really from just doing this episode alone i've learned willie loves a cover and he loves a duet. Mm-hmm. We will get we will get to that later. But why don't we go down a different road? February 1996, we've got uh, Iron Maiden's lead singer Bruce Dickinson releasing his third solo album, Skunk Works. <laughs> okay. Which was produced by uh, a guy named Jack Endino, who was a very uh, popular grunge producer from Seattle. And he did Soundgarden's first release. And you can hear that Bruce Dickinson is trying to do a grunge record with this album. Uh, And there is a track called Head Switch that apparently in the demo phases was called Fast Garden because the riff is Soundgarden inspired. And if you listen to it, it's like obvious. And it's just, it's, it's fun to, every once in a while I'll see something about like these guys who were before grunge and then they, uh, freak out and try to adapt. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there, there's like two roads and I think the, like trying to do a grunge record, I kind on some level, I kind of respect that of like, yeah, try to keep up with the times. Like res- if you respect the work and it seems, you know, the likely Bruce Dickinson, our next connection in November 97, he was likely fielding questions about doing a grunge album 
with Jack and Dino. And in a Brazilian magazine interview, he said Chris Cornell has like the best voice he's ever heard in rock. And there's a lot of, I think, metalheads who would be like, no, (laughs) he's ruining it. Uh, was his solo record was called Bruce Dickinson or and then no, it was called Skunk Works. That is his. That's the t- album. His, no, but oh. it was Bruce Dickinson solo. Solo. He thought about creating a group called Skunk Works, but it didn't pan out, and so the album is just called Skunk Works. Okay, I'm sure you asked that because you said Skunk Works. What a great name for yeah, a band. Yeah, I said, I hope he's I hope he's eponymously skunk works. Like, that's just who he is when he's solo. A bit of a bright-eyes Connor Oberst kind of situation. Uh, yeah. Skunk works. Uh, I said, get Bruce Dickinson, Bruce Dickinson solo in the acknowledge <laughs> skunk work. I'm not having Iron Maiden in the hall, not enough. Bruce Dickinson solo, too. Also, we same them. year, both <laughs> solo and band. Um, we're getting to the late... Iron Maiden slash Skunk Works. Yeah, that's that's the only fair way to do it. Uh, we're getting to the late 90s. Uh, November 99, we have uh, Missy Elliott releases the third single off her second album, The Real World, uh, and it's a remix of a song called Hot Boys. The original has a rapper named Lil Mo on it and the remix has Nas, mm-hmm. Eve, and from a tropical quest, Q Tip. She could get it too. Fuck it though, I'm on a show. I'm saying, oh, just play it through. Getting cinematic with it, niggas. If you gotta hit it, fuck the dumbness. Hit it till it's numbness. That's a good one. That's a good song. Do you have any other? This might be a, a future connection. I wish I could sing along too. I don't know it well enough. <laughs> Every day, I can only do it after the fact, but I want to do it like uh, Jack White and Alicia Keys on top of each other, <laughs> clashing. Um, uh, uh, is there ever a, is there a tribe sample? I guess that'd be tough that there'd be a sample of another nominee this year. But surely, tribe must have sampled uh, other people in the hall. Um, you know, you might. You, we, I think later. We will get someone uh, sampling okay. Tribe. Oh, oh. sampling Tribe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. Ah. But no, I mean, you're right to think that Tribe, you know, pulled from a lot of different places and, and a lot of cool samples. Yeah. Uh, Boy, I wonder who will be sampling Tribe. Uh, <laughs> it might surprise it, you. It, it, well, then let's see. I'm I, there, Willie Nelson's 67th yeah. album. There's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> um, there is there is a, uh, you know, this late 90s uh, Q-tip on Missy Elliot, there's also a remix of Q-Tip's Vibrant Thing, mm-hmm. which was his first solo single. That's a good song. A great good song. Mm-hmm. And there's a remix that Missy is on. So it's kind of tit for tat. I want Buster Rhymes in the hall, too. I don't Same. think that one's Buster, happening, but he was great it, on the Grammys it, the other day. It could. I don't think it's impossible. Maybe not. He's stuck around. Maybe he needs, like, one more big old hit to, like, which I, I think he could do. Cement the legacy. We yeah. we did a few episodes where we really tried to look into the future and, like, map out, mm-hmm. like, the next 15 years. And we got to uh, Busta eventually. Oh, really? Okay. He's someone I could see. I mean, I always say he belongs in the Features Hall of Fame. He is the best verse on, like, every song he's ever mm-hmm. been on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Get that Features Hall of Fame going, yeah. him and Nate Dog. Um, oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> I want Nate Dog in now. But let me set the scene. It's May 2001. <laughs> it's about six months after Rage Against the Machine has broken up. 
Zach De La Roca has, has left the band, but their remaining members, Tom Morello, Tim Comerford, and Brad Wilk, they want to keep going. Mm. And they're trying to figure out who they could perform with. And their buddy Rick Rubin says, well, you know, Chris Cornell's not playing with anybody. Soundgarden hasn't been a band for a bit. And they start working in the studio uh, around this time. The name the perfect name, Audio Slave, wouldn't be revealed for about another year or so, but that's when the, those two bands kind of come together and form a new thing. Wow. Not I until... forgot that that was Soundgarden against the machine. Yeah. Me too. Wow. Truly, that's I what... know, you're talking about this, conne- what, conne- there's no connections? What connections could there be? There's a massive one that's the most, neither yeah, of us thought of. That's the Rage hugest against one. the garden. Uh, yeah, that's Those two bands really m- melding together to make Audio Slave. Not not until Chicken Foot would there be <laughs> such a them which, crooked vultures. <laughs> which one was Chicken Chicken, chicken Foot, Foot was, was Hagar, Sammy Hagar, and Michael Anthony and um, Chad Smith. I think you're right. I think Who's Chad them Smith. Cro- crooked vultures is that like Eagles of Death Metal? No, well, kind of. It's Josh Hom from Queens of the Stone Age. It's Grohl. It's John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. Wow. wow. Who's okay. Eagles of Death Metal? Are they just another? That band, is, or is a that Josh. Super that's group? a Josh Hom project as well. Okay. okay. It's like a adjacent to Queens of the Stone Age. Mm. All of these names. I mean, again, I mean, we make fun, uh, or I have been known to you know, goof on the emo band names that are, you know, like Sentences. from sunrise till sunset, I love you. Or like, you know, went lay me down in the grass or whatever their <laughs> names are, you know, but these stupid Them super vultures, names from the foot. 2000s. Yeah, I'm pretty dumb. It's like the last thing they think of. They think we should all do something. And then what do we, what do we call it? I don't know, mud, mud stinkers. I don't know. <laughs> uh, skunk works. Um, we, ta- we talked about this with Greg Heller last week, but around 2001 is when a mashup artist named Curtis Rush uh, releases Get Your Faith On, which huh. is George Michael and Missy Elliott uh, mashed together in the early days of the mashup the uh, early days. revolution. The putting it down on the hottest round. I told y'all mother, y'all can stop me now. November 2001... Vanity Fair releases a music issue that has a lot of artists on the fold-out cover, including standing next to each other, uh, Chris Cornell and Missy Elliott. The Twin wow. Towers of... <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm sorry. That would be too soon. In November 2001? <laughs> would be way too You couldn't soon. have said it then. You could say it now. You couldn't have said yeah. it then. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Should we do more Willie albums? Uh, oh January 2002, Willie's 50th studio album, Jeez. The Great Divide, features a duet with Sheryl Crow called Be There For You. Just go ahead and say it is the first of many Willie Nelson, Cheryl Crow collaborations. <laughs> oh, wow. And I don't think I will even be able to get to all of them because I, I started getting tired. Wow. Um, and it was more work that I didn't want to do. So <laughs> people people might in. might be like, you didn't get all of them. I, I did as much. Do you want me to continue to do this podcast? You really need to think about. <laughs> all right. March 2002. George Michael releases a song called Freak with three E's. No A's and an exclamation point. And at one point, there's a sample of Breathe and Stop. Which is an early Q-tip single. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he, he samples 
I was really hoping like Missy Elliott was going to be on it or something. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't free. be shocked. George Michael liked all sorts of music. And well, would, why know. don't they do a Get Your Freak on? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Instead right? of Get Your Faith on. Um, we got another mashup in April 2002 from an, a seemingly mashup artist of some note named Disico. It's like <laughs> disco with S and I flipped. Uh, oh. And he releases a song called Love Will Freak Us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it was what? It's Joy Division and Missy. Uh, yes. <laughs> that was starting to win me over. It was great. Again, you play two songs that I like at the same time. I'm like, no. I mean, what's not to love? Honestly. I don't know. Just play the song that I like and then the other one that I like. <laughs> who is the time, this is, I say this as someone who has listened to many a Girl Talk album all the way through. Yeah, me too. Gladly. Yeah, when's so, the next one? You got a lot one? of songs in those. It's yeah. not just two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right this now. is that was like that's some basic mashup Early, technique. We're figuring it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when there was like there like the gray album, which is great. The, that's, yes. the white album with the oh, yeah. Danger Mouse. Busy Black album. Yeah, but then there were a bunch of they tried every other iteration it of that, not, and yeah, it wasn't nobody was at the Danger Mouse level. Totally. Like you don't get to be a Danger Mouse just because you realized oh that one has that album has a color no, too. Someone did like <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Well, We'll do Yellow Rain. It'll be Purple Rain and Yellow by Coldplay <laughs> together. Yellow and it'll rain. be about peeing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I would appreciate a little more, uh, yeah, something like that that wasn't uh, as up its own ass as I think mashups got. We've talked on the show before about... Yellow Rain is uh, dumb. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We're moving on. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, we've talked before about the show Crossroads that was on CMT. Uh, because oh. yeah. Taylor is, Swift and Def Leppard, that's which why I liked. So yes. that was good. Oh. That's why it came up, uh, you know, back when Def Leppard was on the ballot years ago. But yeah, it's, it was an interesting concept and it ran for a long time. And one of the early ones they did in June of 2002 was Willie Nelson and Sheryl Crow. And uh, how could those two, two are, possibly? Two artists <laughs> with nothing in common I from know. two completely different worlds coming together. Yeah, it's... Uh, the it's word almost, freak is not represented in that mashup <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> Sadly. Um, yeah. And I, you know, it did feel, like I said, Willie and Cheryl clearly are, they're almost like official duet partners <laughs> at this point. All right. September, 2002. This is, this is interesting. I didn't know about this. There's a series of albums called back to mine, which is where artists and in, in DJs, I think primarily in the UK put together playlists. And the idea is it's like, the vibe it's of, what they would do at their house yes. right yeah i i am like it's a, like after the party go, like at the house here's the playlist we would play i don't talk about it very much but i did live in the uk oh god um, it's happening i have studied abroad so anyway uh, i just i mean i got that immediately you this, said back to mine and i was like oh i know what that's uh, all about new order did one new order did a back oh. to mine and on it is Super Duper Fly. Hey, right. how about by, that? By Missy Elliott, which oh, I think is really cool. cool. That is a, that, that's a vibe. And, uh, okay, T September 2003, Cheryl Crow does Farm Aid, Willie Nelson's Farm Aid for the first time. Oh, that's right, Farm Aid. You know what? I bet I'm, here's the thing. I think Willie Nelson is probably a cool guy, and I am going to Oh, he's get, totally a cool uh, guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a lot of shit from people, though, because I'm just, like, not that excited about his inevitable induction. Mm -hmm. uh, and... But I'm, we'll say it for the record here. I'm not we think sorry he's cool yet. and his music's good, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, he's, he's politically yeah, good, right? No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He's like probably 
I think I'm probably going to come out of this really being like into him, but still not being super hyped on his rock hall inclusion. It was boring. Something boring about it. I'll, I'll, I'll say. I agree. I well, think I, I just, kind of think I just, the, the, the road that we're going is, you know, it's a dirt road into the country. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's yeah. where I'm like, hey, we got to be on the highway to, to hell, hell over here. <laughs> that's a rock. The road to rock and roll is it's paved. paved. with the skulls yeah. of the sinners. <laughs> um, all right. October 2003, Missy Elliott releases the first single off her fifth studio album, This Is Not a Test. It's a song called Pass That Dutch. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it does have an interpolation of Busta's Oh My Gosh from Scenario. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, at one point, she she kind of... Also... It's not a sample, but it's, you know, her interpreting it. Oh, she quotes it. Okay, okay. Oh, wow, wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm under attack like my name. Yeah, and just... Sorry, just shout out once again. That's like the all-timer of Busta versus. It's like... Scenario. Yeah. Scenario is like... That's all timer. That's number one. Is there a contender for best word? I mean, I'm not the person to make this call, but possible, maybe the best rap verse ever. To what? me, it's one of the, what? I mean, it's I mean, really, really one of the really best posse one tracks. Of, one of the, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like a lot of, there's a lot to say about how good that song is. We love Busta here. Uh, yeah, yeah, how good. I'm glad, glad I'm not alone. Scenario. Yeah. Man. Um, June, June 2007. Anchor in Love, colon, a tribute to June Carter Cash is released. Mm-hmm. First track is If I Were a Carpenter. What's the duet? It's going to be Cheryl and Willie. Oh boy, Cheryl and Willie. Show Willie. Say my love for loneliness. Say my love for sorrow. I've given you my loneliness. You Give me your tomorrow. Are there north of uh, there six or there nine? How many duets do they do? We'll, we'll, we'll uh... We'll do All a tally at the end. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Now this is this is an interesting one. March two thousand nine. Are uh, you, are either of you familiar with the controversial third solo album from Soundgarden frontman Chris Cornell? It's called Scream. Hmm. Oh no! And what is? It's a cover of Janet no, and no, Michael. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Um, this is it's Ed, Edward a, Munch's it's a it's a bizarre it has nothing to do with the word scream I think <laughs> get off of the word I'm scream sorry, I can't this is such a bizarre it's the mask from, from uh, please. scream please I'm sorry cover of the mask is this him going what's up um, I'm sorry this album is widely considered one of the weirdest collaborations of all time because it is Produced by Timbaland. Oh. What? And has a bunch of songs that are easily identifiable as Timbaland productions, but it's Chris Cornell's voice over them. Mm. And apparently he was drawn to Timbaland, as many people would be, because of his iconic collaborations with Missy Elliott. Jeez, really? And that's what brought him to, to Timbaland. Wow. Oh. So Cornell was kind of a Missy head. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, who who wouldn't be? I mean, I you just don't. Maybe. I don't know how. I I don't know what kind of genre dip and he was doing. It it seems like he was. Missy's feeling inevitable, right? The more you add it, I up, hope you keep going so. Going on with this and this, and yeah, like yeah no, everybody like is out here trying to make me doubt, but I think she's going. It's it's it is. He's he's calling her a bubble artist. Here's what I'm saying. Hmm. It this is one of the most competitive ballots we've seen since we've started doing this yeah, show. Yeah, no, there's uh. a really everybody on it 
has a good shot. Compelling. Except unless, for Rage Against the unless they've been no, Unless they've been nominated before yeah. outside of Kate Bush. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a tough ballot. There's not as many artists, which means the competition is more fierce on a smaller ballot. And it's just like a bunch of names that, that have a good shot. There's not as many like, okay, like <laughs> God bless Fela Kuti. He's not getting the votes to get yeah. in. Uh, what, you know, um, incredible artist, but it just, you know, kind of realistically. You know, like Devo's done. They, like they had their, there I mean, a lot of years of Devo potential. Devo will return and we'll yes. see how it goes, but it's, yeah. I would like to hear a song from yes. uh, Chris Oh Cornell yeah, what does that sound like? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, you will potentially scream. <laughs> After that, uh, future sex love sounds thinking that uh, Timbaland could do no wrong, yeah. and then after mm-hmm. that, he did a lot of wrong. Mm-hmm. He really did. He did that song. His, his he did a solo album that I bought. Like, yeah. oh yeah, Again, well, this I'm going to shock he value. He should it, it not called. be a solo artist. He yeah, should yeah. not. He, 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 I mean, he really should not. What a, what a swing to work with Chris Cornell. Like, I'll give that credit. Like. Although I think Love to Love You with Timbaland and Magoo is like, that's a, that, yes, that yeah, song yeah. is really fun. He's got incredible stuff. And all his stuff he did with Nelly Furtado, yes. it's oh, like, sure. it's Full, like she is very good, re- but he group. is just not so, it's like all these songs where you're just like, and then we could just skip all of your parts, my man. Uh, that song was bad. Yeah. That was very bad. Yeah. And that's like... Those are two great tastes that don't taste great together. That is, those should not. I'm kind of glad we have it just because like, it's just so like, it feels like Mad Libs. Yeah. (laughs) And I kind of, I kind of like when stuff like that happens. Sometimes it works and like this clearly didn't, but I just think it's interesting. What year was that? That was 2009. That, oh, (laughs) (laughs) that is that is late that's late for that to be happening Mm -hmm. no doubt um Um, well let's let's move on let's go to march 2011 we have a charity single for comic relief Mm. uh george michael releases a cover of new order's true faith and it is very auto-tune like intentionally like 2011 business i used to think that the day you would never come Also in 2011, in September, Monica releases a song called Until It's Gone. That was written and produced by Missy Elliott. Its main sample, the 1975 song from the Spinners, I Don't Want to Lose You. Poor Spinners. You they're they're, they're not. They don't have a chance, but them. you know, they, they are of this ballot, I think, potentially the most likely to get ushered to into get a side cited. category. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Just because it's been like, we don't have a lot of time left. Only one of them is still alive. Let's uh, say they're an early influence, say they're musical excellence, whatever we got to do. Whatever you have to do. Ooh, yeah, I like those spinners. Yeah, maybe they, maybe you do that. Um, May 2012, Willie Nelson's... 60th studio oh, album. My Get God. out of here. Uh, album's called Heroes. It features a Tom Waits cover, Come On Up to the House, and it is a duet with... Uh, Missy Elliott. Kate um, Bush. All, it is all a the duet spinners. with Kate yeah. Bush. Uh, wow. Fife Dog. <laughs> uh, no, obviously it is another one with Cheryl. Up to the house. This world is not my home. 
In June 2013, that Crossroads show on CMT gives Willie his own special for his 80th birthday. In what year was this? 2013. So 10 years ago. My man. He will get to that. Uh, Dang. um, So obviously... Cheryl Crow's in the mix. She gotta be. <laughs> they do a duet for a cover of a song called Far Away Places, which was like a popular song in the 40s. Like Bing, Bing Crosby had a hit with <laughs> when it. When Willie was releasing his second <laughs> album. Like, oh my gosh. Um, but here's another connection. That uh, special was recorded at Third Man Records. Oh. Jack White's studio in Nashville. Yeah. And it, it's kicked, uh, he like kicks it off. He introduces the, the concert. And then there's a few pre-filmed segments just like with Jack and Willie sitting down talking and they, they play Redheaded Stranger together. That's fun. Yeah. Huh. Big Nashville uh, contingent. This is a Nashville year. I was just thinking because they're both going to get in. So I mean, Cheryl, Cheryl Willie and, and Jack are all Nashville based to some degree. Yeah. I mean, and I think like Willie and... Willie and White Stripes, Willie and White are, are, are kind of locks and Cheryl's looking good too. Agreed. Believe you me. Hey, first round draft pick. Come on. I'm over here. Yeah. You're rooting for it. Um, Cheryl's just put in the, she's, I think she's been on every music special Mm -hmm. for the last 25 years. She's in every one of these. If you said she was on every rock and roll Hall of fame, uh, since 98, I'd believe it. Every Grammys, just always. She always shows up. It's uh, pretty remarkable that she has the time. Yeah, yes. And that she ever releases albums because she's always at <laughs> yeah, does she? concerts and galas and ceremonies, et cetera. Yeah, every pop, yeah, yeah. That to me was why it's, I find it a little bit of like a sleepy pick for that reason that like, and then she'll come out. Well, yeah, she's on everything always. But she's all been working up to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been putting been in the time. The right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that song, Faraway Places, they ended up putting on Willie's 62nd studio album <laughs> uh, in October 2013. The album is is called "To All the Girls," oh. and it's all duets with with female singers. With different women, okay. Yeah. But Cindy Lauper not in the mix. Not not no. It's just okay. Cheryl's Cheryl's the only one from this ballot. Uh, September twenty fourteenth, Jack White does his first farm aid, first and only farm aid. Uh, December twenty fifteen. Are we still farming aid? Is that yeah. happening? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, Where's that concert at? I want to say it moves around. That seems right. doesn't come to LA. That seems. It seems like they would choose the heartland. Yeah. Um, Unless they do like that stagecoach, like Iowa, mm-hmm. Kentucky. Uh, let's see. What are the one? The one I just said was like what twenty fourteen or something. The, yeah, the twenty fourteen one was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, so it's not. It's not always in one same place. Got no. It. Yeah, it moves around. In twenty fifteen, there was a concert for John Lennon's seventy fifth birthday. Uh, it's called Imagine. And it's at uh, what every John <laughs> Lennon tribute concert's <laughs> called. <laughs> it's at Madison Square Garden, features a bunch of artists, including Willie Nelson, uh, Cheryl, Cheryl Crow, uh, <laughs> and Tom Morello huh. of Rage Against the Machine. Oh, okay. And they all do, you know, a bunch of different songs in different combinations. Everybody's on stage at the same time at the end uh, to do All You Need Is Love. And okay. so there's there's pictures of the three of them in front of one microphone or whatever. <laughs> if, if, this, if it's not the one uh, where Kevin Spacey sings Mind Games, then I don't care. What? It's one of my favorite videos. I've, <laughs> I talk about it every chance I it's get. It's so strange. It was post 9-11, and he was the host of the thing. Uh, but and then he's talking about, like, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sad for everyone who's not here, but I'm also a little pissed off. 
And we've all got to do what we can to bring this city back. And that includes your host. And then he does this jump that's the reveal that he's going to sing mind games. And mind it is, it is, is what is mind games? Kind of a deep cut a, from a, John Lennon. A Lennon okay. solo like... song. And the story that I was told uh, uh, was that he apparently was like... He requested, I think he was like, yeah, I want to sing one. Give me Blackbird. And they're like, that's, <laughs> that's a, a, it's a Paul song. song. <laughs> ah, God damn. All right. Then get, how about Lady Madonna? <laughs> and they had to tell him again. These was, are all Paul songs. <laughs> I'm a huge Beatles fan. Give me Lady Madonna, the best John song. <laughs> I just want to say solid Spacey. It was a good space. Yeah. I thought I was losing it at the end a little yeah. bit because it has to stay in that kind of. You know, yeah. it, it has to be sinister. When I was shouting, I was getting away from it. But if you can stay in this sort of like a feet, like like swirling a straw and a go yeah. with a cat on your lap, kind of. <laughs> and then you start doing Christopher Walken. Okay. He's okay. a master of voices. That's what I got to figure out. How exactly you do Christopher Walken as done by Kevin Spacey? That, was, oh, that, that would be the you you good. know you, you just have to do a C minus Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the answer. Good Christ. <laughs> well, anyway, let's get Kevin Spacey in the hall next year. Oy, oy, oy. He's, putting, he's, he's saying at every, he's saying at as many events as Sheryl Crow has. Jesus. He forces his singing into everything and when I, he was still allowed in public yeah, in America. I was like, no, there's a guy. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we can let him rest. <laughs> All right. He's very busy in Italy. He's a oh, uh, uh, big calendar yeah. in Italy. And people are dropping like flies. Okay. Uh, Willie Nelson gets. It's the Gershwin Prize in 2015, and after that, decides to do a cover album of Gershwin songs for his 64th studio album. Oh the album's called Summertime. It's released in February 2016, and he duets with... Cheryl For Embraceable You. But he also duets with... Cindy Lauper Yay. on Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. Okay. <laughs> we, we need each other, so we better call the calling off Let's call the whole thing This song must have spurred something in Cindy because in May 2016, she releases an album of country covers called Detour as her 11th studio album, and she duets with Willie on a Willie song from 1960 called Nightlife. But it's my, my life. life. Yeah, duets. Truly, he God, he loves it so much. Just and because one of the big ones is to all the girls I loved before with Julio Iglesias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. big duet guy. Um, let's let's talk about comedy for a moment. Oh, oh boy. boy, I'm ready to laugh. <laughs> In July, <laughs> July 2016, there is a sketch on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, where a bunch of artists come together to sing a song called "Don't Use This Song." aimed at politicians who use their songs for, like, political rallies without their permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, feature, who's going to be in this song? <laughs> Willie Nelson. Willie. No Willie, but... Rage Against the Machine. Cheryl. Cheryl. Cheryl's in the song. Cindy. And so is Cindy Lauper. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sketch gettable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. I was just like, who would be the most like, don't use our song? And I was like, oh, sure. But I then you also have to think of the tier of like, yeah. who will appear on John Oliver. November 2016, we get the big tribe comeback album. We got oh, it from yeah. here. Thank you for your service. Has a lot of contributions on that album from Jack White. 
Oh. Really? He plays guitar on a few tracks, and he also, you can hear his voice on a song called Solid Wall of Sound. I didn't know that. I listened to that album. I didn't know that. Wow. He kind of does the refrain on that. What if Tribe gets in? Man, that would, would be rule. so cool. Yeah, it would be a genuine I, I say this every year. I said sure. it last year. I was like, what if they got? I get too excited because everyone that we talk to votes for them, and then uh, you know, know you start to a, think they got a shot. It's like going to be them and the New York doll. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys do the in your prediction, you have who you want in your heart, but then in predicting who gets it, yeah, you, you guys both account for that. This yes. very boomer, yes. like which is still mm-hmm. a big part of it. At, at the end of the day, you have to think about who does your mom know mm-hmm. and like that is almost always who gets in it's well, uh, my mom just told me she really liked lizzo on the grammys <laughs> i was i was i could not believe my mom was bringing up an artist post 2000 yeah it doesn't right? mean lizzo's getting i don't think lizzo's uh, eligible yet but no. well no she's, she's off to a good start if mom's like her yeah yeah absolutely no, she lizzo's... says bitch and stuff whoa <laughs> But she plays a flute. But she, and she, yeah. um, here's a very sad connection, kind of an eerie one. Oh, no. Uh, May 18th, which is my birthday. Oh, um, okay. In 2017, May 18th, that's the day Chris Cornell uh, killed himself. Wow. And it is 37 years to the day that Ian Curtis of Joy Division killed himself. <gasps> On the exact same day. Oh, my God. Same fashion as well Thanks. um you gotta change your birthday <laughs> yeah Joe, you gotta. yeah i'm really thinking about it i'm seeing if i can uh, fudge, any fudge the it? info on my birth certificate um but yeah very, were very people sad. making that connection when it happened i i think so it's it's kind of hard not to um but very very sad but let's pull out of that with something less sad about how uh, Cheryl Crow did Farm Aid for the second time <laughs> in September of 2017. Um, and then uh, in August 2019, her 11th studio album, Threads, is a pretty collaborative album, and it features a duet. I don't know if you can believe this. <laughs> but it features a duet with this uh, young upstart named Willie Nelson, and the song is called Lonely Alone. There's no reason He's 86 at this point. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I have to pack in at least seven more Cheryl Crow duets. We've got a few more. January 2021, a country artist named Amanda Shires releases a song. Oh, she's, uh, she's with Jason, Jason Isbell. Isbell's wife. My roommate went on tour with her in the, with the opening band, the, oh, with the band cool. that opened for her That's this incredible. year. Yeah. Um, well, she released a song called Our Problem that was timed to coincide with the 48th anniversary of Roe vs. Wade. Featured a ton of female artists on the track, including <laughs> Cheryl Crow and Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Yeah. I'm not sure who I am, staring into my empty head. March 2022, uh, Jack White releases the third single from his fourth studio album, uh, Fear of the Dawn. And it's a song called Heidi Ho, and it features and is co written with Q Tip mm. from Tribe. No. Nope. No. That, that, no. That is, that is, that is the two genres. That is, that's a rap rock 
song. Oh wow! Do you know? And I'm not wrong. That, that is, is that's a no. Wow. That is that's dangerous territory. <laughs> Careful, boys. We cannot go back. <laughs> we will not go back. We won't. <laughs> we all live <laughs> like through it. We all live Like, uh, wow. No, that is no. Mm-mm. Absolutely We're not. Gonna allow not. It. No. Mm. No. Sorry, fellas. So that shouldn't have made it out of the studio. They should have. <laughs> they should have like been at the boards and been like, "This is a bad idea, right?" And just this said, "No." This is for us. This is for us only. No. That's that is rap rock. That is bad. I don't. That mm. and that is. Uh, and that's that recent. Jack White can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um. All right. Our final two things. Appropriate. Appropriately enough. Cheryl Crow does Farm Aid in 2022 <laughs> in September. Go off, Queen. Let's and then it. here's one for the future. And on April 29th and 30th of 2023, at the Hollywood Bowl, hmm. long story short, colon, Willie Nelson 90. Huh. He's doing his 90th birthday concerts with a bunch of friends. <sighs> Including <laughs> our girl. All right. Cheryl Crow. Are we going? Should we all go? <laughs> I guess we have Let's to now. Let's go. Yeah, we put in be. the time. We've heard their names you together said end many of April? times. Yeah. I'll be around. End of I'll April. be around. Oh, wow. Maybe the spinners will get it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, we have that, that, and that won't be the last time. I mean, like, when the two of them are inducted this year, they will oh, likely yeah. sing together. Yep, yep. Oh, this is. How many deal. times have they, how, how many duets do they have on wax on wax yeah because there's also there were some live uh things that i was just like again i was tired there were so many (laughs) um but if if we're running through this it is uh in 2002 on willie's 50th we've got be there for you so that's one they have they i think they released it as an album the crossroads Mm -hmm. uh collaboration so that's two and then they do the June Carter Cash tribute. That's three. Mm-hmm. The Tom Waits cover. <laughs> that's four. Uh, <laughs> she's in the mix uh, for his 80th birthday. That's five. To all the girls, they do Faraway Places. That's six. They are, they, I don't know if we can't, let's not count the John Lennon birthday. They're both there, but that's not. Doesn't uh, count as a. Ger- we've got the Gershwin album. That's seven. They submitted a duet for Skyfall <laughs> until Adele beat the. Once they got the Adele one in, like oh, never mind, we're throwing it out. But they they did they did submit it. Cheryl's uh, studio album uh, in Threads from 2019 is is the eighth one. So around eight or so times on wax duets too. That's on not wax. that's not including all of these live aids. Concert um, farm aids farm aids. Know about uh, boy. Yeah, just you and know, all the times they've just kind of jammed in whoever's living room right. back in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Right. Back back to mine. But, ooh. Very good. Thank you. And you, so so those are all the the strings that I could uh, tie together. A lot of strength, and, you've, and and the only one on their own is Zevon. But no. you managed to. There's a Kate Bush string, even yeah. though there's, there's, no there's not a lot of strings to her in anything. No involvement I from her, but yeah. That don't give up. <laughs> Shocked. Yeah, that's why you got to get her out to get in. So then She's she will coming. have strings to all She's these people. Coming. No, you don't think so? That, no. is that oh, the vibe? Maybe. I think she's going to send a notes app acceptance speech. <laughs> well, you know, if we will they now project this on the wall, yeah. they will do everything in their power to try to get her there though. Yeah. 
Um, of course they will. They just, the, the thing is they have no power. Like she's, <laughs> she is literally Kate, but she is yeah. above it. She will not. I mean, mean it would be amazing. I would almost respect her less if she came. Um, I just don't think she's coming. I just think she is the most famous recluse pothead who just wants to live on her farm. But farm pothead. Oh. Whoa. Hang on. Who's going to give her some okay. of that sweet, sweet farm kush. But Willie, she's got to try some of Willie's stuff <laughs> in her life. Uh, okay. Okay. You All know right. what? I'm back. Point made. I'm back. Point I'm made. in. Maybe she's okay. She's coming. That's right. it. I'm, I'm doing a total reverse. And I'm Kate's saying, coming. I'm saying Kate's coming and I'm glad Willie's getting in. Perfect. Um, well, that's, that's going to be the show. Scott, thank you for, for joining us. Oh, absolutely. Very fun, fun uh, hearing all these. And uh, the, uh, Tell us, uh, you know, the podcast, whatever else you want to get out there. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, what do you yeah, want to get out there? What do you uh, oh, yeah, what am I going uh, to... I got a weed strain, too. <laughs> uh, you got to do it with Skunk Works. Skunk Works. I think right now... It's called Podcast the High. <laughs> oh, Ooh, hey, well, that would be that's one. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> except we're all we're all late. Yeah. We're, we're very good. We're rule followers. We're good boys. <laughs> we don't smoke none of that. But no, we're a uh, uh, podcast. The ride is my show. It's a podcast about uh, theme parks and rides and uh, and other nonsense. We try to stretch it. Uh, we just did one that had barely any connection to anything. Barely the the thinnest of a thread, uh, which was to uh Bono's devil-ish alter ego, oh, yeah. Mr. McFisto. McFisto, yeah. Mr. McFisto. Mr. McFisto. He would stop the mm-hmm. the YouTube, the uh, uh, the the Zuropa tour and and uh, be this uh, mischievous devil who no. would make a prank phone call. That's how I <laughs> felt. But uh, no. my co-hosts were a little more excited about it. No, um, but it was fun for me to. It was fun for me to make fun of. You know, yeah, it's fun to. It's exactly. fun to be the guy, the person doing the no. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mr. Um, McFisto. Mr. McFisto was was a tough pill for for me to swallow. Yeah. We we also though just did we did an episode about uh, the theme park Efteling in uh, which is in the <gasps> Netherlands. The Netherlands. Yeah. I really am fascinated and would like to go there. I that me is too. a place I know uh, several people who've gone. It is one of the coolest. It's like a. Um, it's like gnomes and like a fairy world in the forest. Yes, that is like genuinely you you might just wander for a long time and not see rides and bathrooms and everything. Yeah. Like it is just like cool pastoral and it's that kind of fairy tale that's sort of disturbing a little and scary. Menacing. Yeah, 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 exactly. You're not safe. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, ain't it's Disneyland, not your Disney sweetie. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I bring it up because I we it, this came up on the show. we did an episode about this and and uh, I'm, I'm plugging this more than my own show. I because of this I found out about it. There's uh, to promote a new haunted house they were putting up in the 70s, they got Kate Bush to come and do a special <gasps> called the Efteling special. That's a half hour of her doing songs from her first album and I was not really this is only a couple weeks ago. I've never really gotten fully on the Kate Bush train until I saw this special, and I'm like, get it. Oh, my God. I totally get it. This is so cool. She's singing songs arm in arm Is she wearing her little, um, you know, her microphone, her portable she microphone? She hadn't developed that No, I, yeah, okay. that might have been. Yeah, because this is really it's early so, on. She's still, like, a teenager. Wow. Or whatever, like, yeah, yeah. that's. I didn't realize also she's, like, 19 during that, that mm-hmm. early stuff. It's mm-hmm. so insane because it's so, like there and fully fleshed out and, and inventive and uh she's a special prodigy. rule this is the this was the this is the rock and roll theme park thread i i wanted Ooh. to see drawn it's it's delightful well it um it's it's if, if if some of your subjects on your podcast are 
tenuous at best. <laughs> there is a uh, exhibit at the at the hall that is like nearly a ride. Like what? in terms really? in terms of its like is, sensory he is overload. Exploring that he's using Ooh, the word ride tenuous. loosely. Well, uh, we established the tenuous yes. connections, but like it is like a multi. It is a sensory experience. Yeah, it, it, there's no movement, but no. Uh, it is. It's cool. Um, it's like this. Jonathan Demi directed like what? the last thing oh he directed really? almost like experience. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. It's like the, one of the best things at the hall. They, t- they gave Jonathan Demi all the footage of every induction ceremony. And so then he kind of put together this montage thing that lasts. Yeah. It's like a half hour montage. That's kind of like on multiple screens around you with lights, with flashing lights and, and like a little light show and stuff. You could, if you were looking to, uh, you know, consider Cleveland. If you're looking for a Cleveland destination type podcast <laughs> episode, we've never been. Mm-hmm. I've never done it. I mean, yeah, you, you went. You've done this, uh, yeah. this, this right. thing. Wow. Right. Huh. It would be a good, I mean, like, because you can hit up Cedar Point. Yeah. We've never done Cedar Point. Yeah, you yeah. can do The Rock Hall. You can do. Yeah. The Rock Hall. That just yeah. has an episode, The Rock and Roll Hall. Yeah. I don't know if it steps on you guys. Uh, no, no, no. no we, come on. Let's that's do a crossover. All right. we have, we have, yeah. yeah, we'll do a crossover. Perfect. Exactly. Next time the, the ceremony's in Cleveland, we'll have to go back. View it purely as it's not about the inductees and everything. It's about it as a theme As an experience. experience. Yes. yes. No, that would be very fun. That's how you justify it. Uh, um, I also want to pitch if you guys ever, as a future episode, if you ever wanted to do an episode, completely about uh, Mike Love's induction speech <laughs> in 1988. I mean, this is the full Mike Love That might be like dive. kind of like when we are, you know, a little pressed for content, you know, we could Which do a little a little mini thing. sode, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, on uh-huh, that. Because yeah. I will be honest, I've never watched the full thing. I know about it. I think before you go the into Rolling it. The Rolling Stones won't get up here yeah. and fight me or something yeah. like that. Jagger's well, always Mick been too ja- chicken shit. Yeah. So. I like to see Mick Jagger get up here and do I get around instead of jumping Jack Flash. <laughs> He's always been too chicken shit to get on stage with the Beach Boys. What? Are you talking about? I know. Also, yeah, because everybody's afraid of the Beach Boys. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, and this gang fight. Yeah. What's scarier than uh, the guy in like, yeah. a, like a I get around camp. also just one of the most terrifying songs. I mean, people tremble. Gritty. Yeah. Yeah. I know. In the, in the, you know, because we got hip hop happening in 88 and rappers aren't stepping to, to the Beach Boy. There's no, oh, I'm still, I grew up afraid of I get around. All right. So there, there's clearly a, a, a lot of ground for, us to I mean, explore. No. I get around by the Beach Boys versus I get around by Tupac. I ooh, that's I a good mean, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, somebody, yeah. come on, girl, talk. I'm calling you. What goes Let's go harder. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, our listeners, of course, can follow us at Rock All Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Rock All Pod at gmail.com is the email. If you want to reach out, please do. It's very nice to hear from people. But you're going to need to designate Kristen's name somewhere in there if you want me to forward it. Otherwise, we have a strict rule that I'm not going to. Uh, make her see any of these emails unless you, uh, you know, you be the little devil on her shoulder. Whoa. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, rate and review us five stars only. We've had some very nice reviews since we've come back, which Aww, is very sweet. Thanks, uh, friends. It means a lot to us. And uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo, Yusu Kim for the music, and Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Studdard. Who cares? About the Rock Hall.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 